The following is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. This is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in today to soak up some health and happiness. We're going to look at love as an entity, an entity that connects us to the divine. And we're going to talk about focused prayer as a practice that connects us to the divine. And we'll talk to a medical doctor who is also an energy healer who's coming to the Open Center in New York City who will teach you how to tap into your divine energy. How does Dr. Anne-Marie Chesson explain energy healing to her patients? So I just talk about how there's a flow of energy in the body and we know about it. You know, the heart works on energy and, and electrical impulses and that we can work with the electrical impulses and the underlying flow as well as we can work with the body. I talk to them about, if I have time, I talk to them about how the energy feels like the soil and the body's like the plant. The energy is the soil and the body is the plant. That is on the way from Dr. Anne-Marie Chazon. First, let's pray with Dr. Timothy Keller. Dr. Keller started Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, where he lives with his family. He's written many New York Times bestsellers on God. His latest book is called Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. Dr. Keller, what is prayer to you? I think prayer is always responding to what you know about God. Uh, prayer is actually answering God, answering uh, something that you already know. And, and uh, it's intriguing. Uh, if you have a general sense that there's a God out there somehow, you uh, respond in kind. Uh, so if, if you feel like if, if there's a God who's kind of remote, it's kind of difficult to understand. So you just reach out, cry out. You're not sure who it is. On the other hand, you know, I'm a Christian, and I think that uh, the Bible gives us, gives us a, a very clear expression of who God is. And then if I read in the Bible and my heart starts to want to talk to the God that I'm hearing about in the Bible, then, then I'm also praying. It's a, it's a different kind of prayer. It's much more focused and more targeted. That's why I recommend reading the Bible uh, as a way of, uh, as, a, as a platform to pray. But in every case, I think prayer is responding to God as we know God to be. Prayer is responding to God as we know God to be. So the key is to really get to know God so you can have a good relationship, yes? Yeah, and it's also, but it's cyclical because in a way, you can know about God without praying, just like I can know about you, but now that we're actually talking, I, I guess I could say I'm getting to know you actually, not just know about you. In the same way, um, you have to know something about God in order to speak, but then as you speak, you get to know God more. And prayer is the way of learning more about God, and then, of course, that leads to more speech, and that leads to more learning, and on and on. You know, a lot of the time, when people pray, it's just fear-based. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a rambling of, oh, my God, let's not have yeah. this happen, and oh, my God, what do I do now? How do we move past that kind of prayer to a prayer that you say is awe and intimacy? Well, when they, when they asked Jesus to pray, how to pray, he said to his disciples, pray like this. And of course, his answer was the famous Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer starts, Our Father. And that's Jesus' way of saying, 
you have to understand God as a father. Uh, and because fathers, now, here's, people often say to me, well, I had a bad father, so I don't know how to pray to God. And I always say, well, how do you know he's a bad father unless you have an idea of a good father? Or you wouldn't be upset about your father if you didn't have an idea of a good father, and God's the perfect father. Think of, think of it like that. And if you think of a perfect father, a perfect father is both someone who you, is kind of intimidating, you know? I mean, a good father can be strong and a person that you really respect and even a little intimidated by, but who you know in the end is going to use all of his all of his power and all of his his might to uh for you because a father you're unconditionally a good father is unconditionally committed to his children and so i i think that combination of both fear and and intimidation as well as love and trust goes into all that and i think so jesus is saying unless you know god as a father you're not going to be able to pray and i think that's the solution to what you just suggested Okay. Do you have to come to God with a tremendous amount of respect, or can you, or does he get our sense of humor? <laughs> mm. um, both. I mean, that's, I mean I, what, what, that's what I mean about a, a God being a father. Obviously, a father is someone that you show respect to. You do not want to insult a good father. I mean, it's not fair. It's not right. But, boy, a father is not the same as going to see a, a king or a president or a prime minister or a boss, uh, where you have to really be careful and, you know, say everything right and not offend. No, no, of course he gets your sense of humor. He's a father. Got it. How often do you pray? Um, I like to do it morning and evening. This, I don't want to give anybody the impression I think that's the only way or the right way to pray. I just found that, frankly, if I had a half an hour to pray or 20 minutes to pray, I would do better to do it 10 minutes in the morning, 10 at night, instead of 20 at one time, because it frames the day. It gets my mind back oriented to God, reminding myself this is God's world, not just mine. And so I like to do it morning and evening. Okay, I'm kind of praying all the time, like all day long, like a million little prayers at stoplights while I'm vacuuming. Am I, mm-hmm. am I being annoying to my father? Not, not in the slightest. Of course, the Bible actually says pray without ceasing. And I, I would say God certainly wouldn't be annoyed. I actually think unless you have some focus times, you might not be as good at your regular, you know, your ongoing times. Right. In other words, the more, the better. I, I, if I have a, a certain time in which I have nothing else I'm doing but attending to God, ah. I'm not vacuuming, I'm not at the stoplight, I'm only focusing on God, that helps me get better at prayer. And then I can take what I'm learning there out into the, you know, the moment-by-moment stuff. But moment-by-moment stuff is actually God wants that. All right, got it. But but focus time is good. Can you, aside from the Lord's Prayer, can you leave us with a prayer that may get people started today towards a deeper prayer life? Well, I would actually say paraphrase the Lord's Prayer. If every single day, the Lord's Prayer is something that everybody either knows or at least you've got access to. You're going to find it. And uh, Martin Luther, Martin Luther, the great, great Protestant reformer, believed that you should start every day before you prayed your own words and your own prayer. You should put the Lord's Prayer into your own words. Uh, so you start off by saying, Father, thank you that you are a father, and I'm, you are in heaven. Thank you that you are great and heavenly. Uh, give me this day my daily bread. I, I'm looking to you. These are the things I need today. Going through the Lord's Prayer, which is very balanced. There's, there's, it's partly about you. It's partly about God. It's very balanced. If you actually put it in your own words, it starts to warm up your heart. It, it sort of targets you the way Jesus wanted you to get targeted. And then it's like a springboard. After you're done doing the Lord's Prayer personally, 
paraphrasing it, making it your own words, then you can go off and say anything you want, and probably you'll find yourself being propelled by the experience of paraphrasing Lord's Prayer. Beautiful. And we can find more at timothykeller.com? Yeah, there's the prayer book there. There's there's another book, uh, a devotional book based on that book called The Songs of Jesus that takes you through the Psalms a day, one day, you know, part of, part every day for a year gets you all the way through the Psalms. So it's, it's actually a book that builds on the prayer book, and they're both at uh, timothykeller.com. You can also visit his church website, redeemer.com. If you'd like to win a copy of the book, Prayer, email me at kcradio at gmail.com. Still to come, love as a force and energy as the soil your body grows in. This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show. Information, fun, and inspiration. Do your hands need a beauty makeover? Hands have always been a sign of elegance. And even if you have a youthful facial appearance, hands don't lie. Now there is an easy solution for aging hands. Radius is the first and only FDA-approved product to correct volume loss on your hands. Radius restores beauty by filling out that hollow look to the back of your hands, leaving them looking smooth and natural. Results can be seen immediately. Lidocaine is added to the Radius, making this a virtually painless procedure. In less time than it takes for lunch, the results of Radius hand lift treatment will make your hands soft and supple again. The procedure is safe and can last up to 15 months. Call today and schedule your hand lift consultation with Dr. David Bank. Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. 914-241-3003. You'll find out more at thecenterforderm.com. Hi, it's Holly Shelowitz with your nourishing wisdom. What's for breakfast? A nourishing breakfast will sustain your body, nourish your brain, keep blood sugar levels balanced, and your mood steady. Here is one of my go-to breakfasts. I call it Forget About Em Eggs. This dish cooks while you're getting dressed and getting ready in the morning. Just melt a tablespoon of butter, coconut oil, or olive oil in a pan over medium heat. Add two chopped scallions or a quarter of a chopped onion with five slices of zucchini and a pinch of sea salt. Saute five minutes and then crack two eggs on top. Add another pinch of salt and some fresh ground pepper and cover. Allow to cook seven minutes or until the eggs are cooked to your liking. For this recipe and many others, visit nourishingwisdom.com. I'm Holly with your nourishing wisdom. Blessings on your day. Hi, it's Casey. We have a quick meditation on the way to fill your body with love. But first, let's tune into that energetic body. Dr. Anne-Marie Chiasson invites you to her two workshops at the Open Center in New York City next weekend, February 12th and 13th. Welcome, Dr. Anne-Marie Chiazon. Tell me about this name, Chiazon. <laughs> um, it means blacksmith, I think. Blacksmith. Or it was a name that they gave blacksmiths in France. Uh-huh. It doesn't have a specific meaning, except it's a name for a blacksmith. Well, that is not what you is, do. So tell people what it is you do. So I'm an integrative medicine physician. I work at the Arizona Center for Integrative Medicine. And before I went to medical school, I 
started doing energy healing. So my specific interest in energy is spontaneous healing and ceremony work, but I practice all fields of family medicine and integrative medicine. So how did they take to you in medical school when you came in with this other side of your brain that's open to energy healing and spontaneous healing? I didn't tell anybody. I didn't cover it, but I never talked about it. And when I would go off to conferences to learn energy healing, I would lie and say that I was going to a yoga meditation because back then yoga was just starting to be accepted. So I didn't really talk about it at all. I just practiced it. Although I would say I went to medical school in Canada and in Canada, family doctors do acupuncture pretty regularly. So there was a little more openness to the fact that there's energy flow and an energy field up there. Right. So now you practice both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I prescribe Qigong as much as I prescribe medication. Wonderful. And how do you describe, how do you explain energy healing to people who aren't aware of what it's all about? a great question. So I just talk about how there's a flow of energy in the body and we know about it. You know, the heart works on energy and and electrical impulses and that we can work with the electrical impulses and the underlying flow as well as we can work with the body. I talk to them about, if I have time, I talk to them about how the energy feels like the soil and the body's like the plant. But if you look in any older paradigm of health and healing, there's an energy flow that's first. Really, energy was always there until the late 1700s. So traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, they all work on energy. So most people have heard of it. Most people have some idea. I mean, they might not buy into it or or work with it, but it's becoming pretty well known now. Right. I was at a dinner party over the weekend and talking about Reiki, and a man said, I just don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to use your word electrical impulses and tell me again that metaphor about the soil and the sand so the energy field is the soil and the body is the plant but really you know the other way i talk to people about it which casey is more important is i just talk about the power of touch Mm. touch is profound it's it's pre-verbal we know it affects the nervous system we know it affects pain we know it affects health and healing and so if someone really has no idea i'll talk to them about the power of touch and everyone goes oh yes of course of course of course now you have a really great workshop coming to the open center in new york tell us about that so i have two friday night we're going to work on um heart um, exercises and, and indigenous practices to open the heart flow and open the heart. Most of us create a little wall of ice around our heart, you know, protection, which is necessary. However, it's nice to know how, how to unprotect your heart as well as protect your heart. So we're going to work with different um, energy techniques to open the heart energy, which is quite lovely. And then Saturday, we're going to just work on energy healing in general. So I'm going to teach a workshop that has the essentials of energy healing. So different movements and different energy techniques that we can use to uh, try to prevent illness. When you say we build a wall around our heart, what is that wall made of? That's a great question. I think of it like a very thin layer of ice, but it's not. It's made of contraction. So we contract our physical being, our chest, and our attitude. Mm. to keep things from wounding us when actually if you keep your heart open you still get wounded but the wounding moves through much more quickly so we tend to shut down you can see it people crouch down and they shut down and their attitude shuts down and their hips shut down and and even the jaw look at people's jaw lines it's sort of like they clench their jaw like i don't want the world to you know not be the way i want it to be or to wound me anymore and you know parts of life are painful we don't we don't always get what we want and so people tend to shut down instead of opening up if you look at kids who are very young they just rock when they're upset often, and that will move the energy right through. That's a great practice. They but rock. as we get older, oh yeah, if you see young kids, 
Facebook, if you look at indigenous grieving circles, women will rock to move the energy when they're in grief. Mm. Yeah, we rock babies, right? Right, of course. It's of natural. Course. Moves the energy through. But as we get older, especially in, in this sort of industrialized culture, we stop moving and we cross our legs and we, we sort of shut down. And we do it through the whole body. I mean, you can feel yourself do it with your muscles as soon as something happens. Right. Well, as soon as you realize that, you know, you stop breathing whenever that something happens, happens. That's right. For anyone who's tuned in right now and... Uh, and maybe feeling a little shut down around their heart area, what kind of advice can you give them? Oh, the, the first thing is to just put their shoulders back and to stretch out their chest and to breathe more slowly into their belly. Just observe what's happening. Usually just a little bit of opening up in the chest, people start to feel better immediately. And so taking the shift off of what's wrong to what's right about today, what's right in this moment. You know, the weather's beautiful where I am right now and I'm healthy. That'll begin the process, just a little process of opening it. And the other thing I like to do is I like to, when I'm sitting, let's say in a meeting, I like to lock my forefingers in um, a circle so they're locked together. Both of them are a circle locked together, like a figure eight, and just rest my hands in my ch- in my lap. And that will increase the heart energy flow, which is quite lovely. So if something difficult is happening in the room, I just lock my fingers together and drop them in my chest. And my nervous system and my mind don't respond the same way to the difficulty. I can stay calm. And I make much better decisions from that place. You know, I'm as, as reactive as anyone else. But I don't work from that reactivity anymore because I don't make the right choices. How do I hold my fingers? So take um, your four fingers, your mm-hmm. index fingers and your four fingers, and make them into, put them to your thumb. So you have two circles. Each hand has a little circle. Right. And then interlock those circles. Okay, so I have one inside the other. Yeah. So the thumb and the fingers yeah, are in each other's circle. Does that make sense? Yeah, got it. Yeah. I feel a little awkward. I've done the mudra before, but I've never put the two, I've never interlocked the circles before. Yeah. So interlocking the circles is really beautiful because it allows the flow to go through the arms, through the heart, and back through the arms. Hmm. I play with all the mudras. You know, I mean, I look at all the sculptures of all the hand positions whenever I'm at like a gem show or a museum, and I, I practice all of them and see what they do because they all do something. Because the map's right out there. Fingers move energy the same. The same way you can use reflexology, each finger moves energy in the body. So if you touch your thumb to to each finger, you'll notice different flow. If you if you're very quiet in the body, that's why all those sculptures have the mudras. They right. didn't make them up. Somebody went in and and discovered this through working with their own body. Beautiful. All the healing techniques are found that way. Now, where can we find more information about you? AnneMarieChiazonMD.com Chiazon is spelled C-H-I-A-S-S-O-N. Find Dr. Anne-Marie Chiazon at the Open Center in New York City next Friday and Saturday. Coming up, we'll fill your heart with love. Abundance is more than money in and money out. It doesn't take money to make money. It takes an attitude of prosperity to make money. Creating that attitude just takes six simple steps. Number one, list what you don't want, such as, I don't want to drive this junker anymore. Two, turn that list into declarations of what it is you do want. For instance, I want a new, safe car that gets good mileage. Three, change the sentence structure so that the words I want make sense using I am instead. I am the owner of a new Toyota. Four, begin to act as if you already have what you desire. Let yourself feel like the owner of a new Toyota would feel. 5. Celebrate every small increase in your prosperity. 
Rejoice as if you've made a million bucks, even when you find a quarter on the ground. And six, give in order to get. Keep the flow of energy moving. Share what you have with sincerity and goodwill. This six-step process sets you up with an attitude of prosperity, and that attracts wealth. You can purchase a copy of the Live and Learn Guide to Getting the Money You Want, Not Just the Money You Need, Six Easy Ways to Amazing Abundance Now at www.liveandlearnguides.com. Hi, it's Casey. Sherrianna Boyle, author of Choosing Love, believes love is a force that is here to serve us. Welcome back, Sherrianna. Explain your feelings about love as an energy source. Well, first of all, I want to say that we have been quite naive about love. That's one of the realizations that I have come to, that similar to children. You know, children will believe anything, you know, particularly children that are under seven years old. They'll believe anything. And, and that's the way that I feel that many of us have approached love. Through, We have a lack of experience with how much love really provides for us. And the interesting part is, Casey, is I believe it's going to actually require us to go back into that naiveness to be able to create new programs and beliefs based on love. We want to start to teach ourselves and our children that love is an energy that you want to take in and you want to allow it to distribute. And if you water a plant, you're going to water it from the top, but you want to make sure that it gets fully into those roots so the plant can flourish. Otherwise, it'll still flourish, it'll still grow, but it might not grow as much as it can grow if you allowed it to truly get saturated. And that's the same thing with love. We We want to feel it. We experience it through breathing, through sensation, through awareness. So we want to teach ourselves and our children that when we are making a connection to our breath, we are making a connection to love. Ah, a connection to our breath is a connection to love. Sherry Ann Boyle is our guest. The book is Choosing Love. We're talking today about ways love can serve you. All right. So love is a transformer. Love is a magnifier. And you say Mm -hmm. love exists as an entity, as a force, as Mm -hmm. a spirit in the world. And it always is available to us. Okay. Oh, yes. I mean, and, and it's a connector. I mean, it connects us All to right. what's greater. Yeah. All right. So give my people something they could do right now today to get in touch with love. Well, I'd like to do that exercise, that exercise of breathing in through the heart. So you're going to put your feet on the floor, sit up nice and tall so your spine is, is long. And you want to take a deep breath through your nose just to get yourself centered and exhale through your nose. And then we're going to drop down into the throat area. And we're going to take a deep breath through the throat and exhale through the throat. And then we're going to drop down into the heart. Take a deep inhale and open. Visualize your heart as petals of a flower. Open up that heart. And that, by the way, is green. When it comes to energy, we see that it's Anahata Chakra, which is green energy in the heart center. And allow yourself to pause here for a moment and fill up and feel the generosity of love. So take a deep inhale and exhale, and we're inflating our belly on inhale, and you can really know you're inflating if you feel the sides of your waist expand, and just pause and feel how it starts to gather around you and within you, the generosity and abundance. So literally filling 
ourselves up for today with this vibration and keep allowing, keep allowing, keep allowing and then allowing it to empty out. So it's almost emptying out and pouring into the lower areas of the body, down through your root system, down through the soles of the feet and anchoring into Mother Earth where we can pour this generosity into Mother Earth. Hmm, I feel better already. There you go. Choosing Love, that's her book, Sherrianna Boyle. You can also join the Choosing Love community on Facebook, you will see me there. And by the way, why don't you join my online community called A Circle of Women. Sorry guys, that Facebook page is just for ladies. As is our day of health and happiness, March 13th at Duchess Manor. Get your tickets at caseyradio.com. See you next week. You've been listening to The Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of The Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at kcradio.com. And join Casey for another edition of The Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on 100.7 WHUD.